0: Hello, and welcome to this week's PropCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting, and we're talking about the future of housing. And I'm joined by Taz Bukhari, who's the general manager for strategic enterprise partnerships across Europe and the UK at Samsung, and Joseph Daniels, who's CEO of Utopia Group and a visionary in net zero construction technology. Morning to you both. Thank you very much for coming in, Taz. Great to see you, Joe. Now, Samsung and Etopia have recently joined forces to deliver net zero future-proof housing with innovative technologies that, that sit very much at the core of everything you're doing. Now, Taz, most people obviously know Samsung as being a giant, a world-leading consumer leader uh, with phones and fridges and TVs and all sorts of, of life-changing consumer goods. But they don't know you for being uh, for being a producer of Net Zero Homes. So Great to start with a bit of an explanation around how you've ended up in this space
1: and what what the nature of your involvement and your partnership
0: with Utopia is going to look like.
1: Yes, good morning, Andrew. So, yes, of course, uh, Samsung is a well-known brand. We're now the fifth biggest brand in the world and the largest tech company in the world. So, Samsung has been looking into construction uh, for some time. We actually own our own construction company as well called Samsung CNT. We built the Burj Khalifa, we built the Protonus Towers. So, it's C- quite a couple a of lo- minor
0: projects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of minor <laughs>
1: projects, right? So, um, it's a large organization, but what we're best known for is the consumer electronics piece, the mobile phones, the TVs. But what people might not know when it comes to construction is that we do a wide plethora of products which are relevant to this uh, area. So we do air conditioning, we do air source heat pumps, we do televisions, we mm. do digital signage, we do IoT, we do 5G technology. And all of this put together is extremely relevant to the construction industry. So we started approaching customers like Joe about uh, four or five years ago with a complete one-stop shop. And we are now working with people like Quintain, Etopia, uh, Moda Living, Southern Grove, many, many PRS providers. Yeah, yeah. And that's been quite, uh, quite interesting for us. On your question uh, of why Samsung's playing in this space, it mainly is to do with the fact that a full one-stop shop solution is what our construction companies want from their supplier. We're sort of changing the way they are approaching this market. Mm. That's quite exciting. Consumers also
0: want want to be able to... They want stuff to work, don't they? They want things to be able to, to... interconnect with each other they don't want to have to have a, a million different apps of a million different technology platforms absolutely. to control everything
1: absolutely and and samsung are very much at the forefront of connected living iot internet of things and that's a great focus for us we're looking uh, in the future for all our devices to have some kind of connectivity in it and that is extremely important to property developers Mm. having that kind of connectivity piece built into what they are providing their residents yeah rather than it just being an add-on
0: joseph daniels to what what would essentially be be the shell that you then fill up with all of the the gadgets and things afterwards so what what you guys are essentially saying is the future of housing is going to revolve around iot being at the core rather than just being plugged in once you finished it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, thank you, Angie, for having me down. But the reality of it is, is we don't know what our homes do. You know, you wouldn't charge a Tesla 100 miles, drive it 120. We're all sitting here. All the listeners are sitting there. And they're, can they tell me what what the leakage of their house is? Can they tell me why their gas is burning? Mm. Would they sit with a paper cup and set it on fire? So this idea and this original idea of bringing IoT in the space was purely because, we truly needed to understand how hyper-performing our buildings were. And when we built these buildings like we did BRE, it was understanding what company is big enough to take on such a hyper-performing product and what company can give us that guarantee over Mm. and over and bring together more appetite, more collective research and development, more global thought pieces on what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening in USA when we look to export. And so it is important that we understood how things worked, but ultimately what we have today be superseded by what's done tomorrow Mm. and the reality is our homes stay the same so we needed to work with Samsung in partnership to create not homes of the future but homes that can continue to cycle
0: and just to backtrack a second then so just for people that obviously lots of people are going to know Samsung they will own some of their products but people are going to be a little bit less familiar (laughs) with Utopia not much less but a little bit less familiar with Utopia Um, maybe just give us 30 seconds explaining what you do you've been on PropCast before talking about Modern methods of construction, modular housing, but it'd be good to understand what Utopia is focusing on and where the Samsung partnership plugs in.
2: Yeah, so after experiencing homelessness as a young man, I kind of went on a journey to, to develop a home that necessarily doesn't have bills or that is built within a requirement where you don't need to throw the kitchen sink at it to heat it but also a home that was adaptable you know i classify my age as a golden generation in a sense because we were born without and with technology and i've watched things evolve and homes don't so i kind of with this journey went to combine energy construction and iot smart home tech and what the thought piece was if we can build it future-proofed if you can manage the energy so you could trade it yourself or you could generate it yourself and understand where your energy goes, into your car, into your home, and then give consumers mm. the ability to control that with lifestyle luxuries. Control your environment using smart home tech, make it a part of your life, but also fundamentally, it should be able to evaluate itself. Building regulations and net zero of the future is defined by how buildings are used. And that, that basically is the emergence and collective pieces of what Utopia are. And obviously now we're distributing across the Middle East. i built in Africa a shanty replacement. We're building in the UK and pioneering by far the leading way in the UK and, and, and USA.
0: And, and one of your initial projects in the UK is in Northamptonshire. What does that look like? So this is a modular housing project.
2: Yeah, so effectively it's 47 units, 16 apartments, five different house types from townhouses to detached houses. Everyone said that you couldn't build those style and that variant of building using modular. We proved it wrong. The average EBC is 105 out of 100. um, And our actual apartments have the ability to be a micro grid. So really what it was is it's the first live sold case development which was research and development, but real-time development. Um, And we've proven that by, you know, uh, there's a major builder that one of our homeowners owned before, and now they're thanking us for the amount of energy they save and how good they feel making a contribution to the planet. So uh, that was really the deployment. Uh, And
0: on this, uh, Taz, just to bring you back in and thinking about the power and the cooling, um, that's an area where, where you've, you've played quite a role here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that in terms of the air source heat pump technology and other technologies that, that Samsung has been developing in this area?
1: Yes, absolutely. So for us, Etopia was quite an exciting company to work with. So their vision was quite interesting. They were an organization that seemed to have embraced the idea of the of internet and IoT fully, which quite aligned with what our thinking was. So hence, that's where our journey started with these guys, with a relatively small development in Corby, all the way to their discussions happening in mm. uh, GCC and, and, and the States, etc. Yeah, yeah. So w- that was an exciting piece for us to get involved with in regards to the technology that utopia are using from samsung it's a it's, it's a mix of products to allow them to achieve the targets that they've placed on themselves in line with homes england goals so with the net zero requirements they're using our air source heat pumps to achieve those goals of net neutrality, as well as solar panels, as well as batteries. Uh, we've got a relationship with a company called Qcells and putting that all together. So Tash, with- in terms of generating this
0: outperformance that, that Joe's describing, is that outperformance, is it relying on on the super-insulated structure that Utopia's buildings offer or, or, or is it is it a combination of factors? From-
1: I, I think it's a combination of factors. Of course, Utopia do build well, we, we understand that the way they're putting up their houses is quite innovative. Mm. Uh, what's quite exciting for us is the sustainability angle of what they're using. Recycle sea plastics in their moldings, things like that. It's it's quite an interesting, different story. So combined with the way they put up their structure, combined with some key technology from our climate solution division, so air source heat pumps, air conditioning, as well as uh, controlling smart technology using uh the samsung smart things app for energy control putting that all together under one umbrella then creates quite a good sustainable solution which they can then rely on yeah yeah and what have you learned from
0: etopia through you know through this initial project what, what has been what, what has it taught you
1: I think what's been exciting working with Utopia is very much uh, Joe's enthusiasm, right? So learning from Joe on uh, pretty much a daily basis on what's new. They move at an incredible pace. Now, Samsung, of course, is a large beast, but moves at quite a fast pace. But seeing Joe, Joe's agility and Utopia's agility has always been very exciting for us. Mm. And, and Joe, let's, let's go back to the consumer right because this is something
0: that you know we've done i don't know over 100 these podcasts over the last four years and people now are starting to talk about the customer but they almost on pain of death sometimes with with some there's some people that come on this 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 podcast Mm. you know and you can probably imagine some of the the slightly more old guard real estate investment folk who have now been Smacked around the face by their comms people, marketing people. So you must yeah. talk about consumers. Whereas obviously for Samsung, it's inherently it's in your DNA, right? As a business, well, yes. The yes, absolutely. Consumers in your DNA. And Joe, for you, you believe that that for housing to evolve, the future of housing relies on consumers genuinely being at the heart of things. So the question, there is a question at the end of the monologue. uh <laughs> The question is, how can technology be sculpted so that 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 things are focused around the consumer so what what does it actually mean for consumers when we're talking about all of this stuff
2: so so let's let's face it you know a lot of this thing like nmc modular building as you say you know what does it what does it really mean to a consumer and and you asked me the question around oh you know so our companies am i are we focused on the consumer well well any of the major builders or new modular building companies are any of them created by a consumer's lack of having or are they created to be a housing company and i think the difference is is where you come from where i come from such a background of homelessness experience energy running out electric running out with consumer devices i had an iphone and no home what kind of world is that and therefore when you think about people and what they need, are things being built the way people need? And the reality is no. You know, Taz talks about this building material. Why is the building material better? Well, ultimately, it will perform 10 times better because you deserve better because you shouldn't have to pay more bills. Why do we do IoT? You shouldn't have to know your home is working. You can... Tesla's drive themselves. Samsung have technology that has artificial intelligence. But do mm. we pass it on to our consumers? No. So the reality is, is the consumers drive change. We've seen that with electric vehicles. And now it's time for consumers, just because there's not enough houses, to say no to things that aren't good enough, just because they're forced to live in built boxes that aren't built for them. And, and specifically,
0: I mean, one of the the big things, and I've been talking about this for years in this space, has been around energy standards and 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 the need just for better building regulations, mm. which the UK government has largely ignored for all sorts of reasons that we don't have time to go into now. But the point I'm making is that over the last six months, energy prices have become a really big thing. Whereas before, actually, they've been relatively, they've been annoying, but they are not been a big front page talking point issue. But now they are, right? So how do you see IoT and data changing energy consumption and changing consumers' attitudes
2: to this in the home? It's going to be the core behavioral change. That's what it's going to be. The core behavioral change is going to be people seeing the pounds and the pence, right? So whether you're retrofitting IoT and the source technology or putting it in new buildings, you see what you use. And again, that, you know, that analogy of electric vehicles, you wouldn't charge your car 100 miles drive at 120. What you're going to be able to see now today is not the smart meter sitting in your basement or sitting in your cupboard. You're going to be able to get live interactions on your phone, the sensor, that the technology that Utopia are developing and that Samsung are developing, going to make it all in one place. You'll know your ring doorbell has gone off. You'll know what energy you're using. You'll know if your aircon's on when you've gone out or your heating's on. These things that you just don't think about are going to come to life yeah. as standard. And that standard needs to be net zero and above, not anything below it.
1: I think, as Joe makes some very good points, and and I think from just a consumer's point of view, most of those will not be very familiar with what, net zero means and and how it actually translates in any way into their lives. All what people are interested in is how can I use technology to make my life a little bit uh, easier? And how can I use technology to navigate my home a little bit better? And we believe smart tech, Plays a crucial part of that. So we did a we did a survey recently, and over three-quarters of the UK think more sustainable homes should be a priority for everyone. We're seeing property developers playing more and more focus on this particular point. And connectivity plays a massive part of that. It allows you to have connected appliances, connected security, and energy efficiency all built in. with the Smart Things app where it gives consumers the ability to see the energy used of each appliance, each product in your home from the palm of your hand. And as we see more and more consumers pushing the agenda towards more sustainability, more responsible living, giving them that ability through apps, uh, through connected products becomes important. And, and Joe,
0: from a policy perspective, what could policymakers do to incentivize more of this change more quickly.
2: So a lot of the work I'm doing, as I, I, I am special advisor to Construct Zero, the government new net zero framework, and I, I play a role and of chair. that's, of...
0: that's basically a a, a a group set up by the Department for Business.
2: Yeah, uh, Bayes Business Energy Industry Strategy that's set up to, to advise on the future framework of net zero. And also I, I'm chair of Smart Construction at the UK Business Council for Sustainable Development. And these kind of how does policy change in line with what we're doing with the UN and SDGs is a big one. And it's not a single answer. There's 40 plus definitions of net zero. COP, let's face it, didn't do a lot. And so actually what the fundamental change is going to be is, again, in that pound pence, the mortgages, the green mortgages that you can get, and the benchmarking of performance to say net zero is good enough. And ultimately, our houses don't cost more to construct to net zero by a long way. The reality is, is that when you look at our system and the lack of housing, it's that how does policy drive planning? How can we build more net zero buildings and how do the planners allow net zero buildings to be built? I think fundamentally for consumers and people, understanding that the value chain of land, the value chain of setting policy good enough so only the best can be built is going to label these things to be affordable so
0: building regs need to be tightened to incentivize
2: people to do better exactly and then planners need to make sure that locally that they're satisfying their own benchmarks they need to set their own benchmarks if you are cambridge here and oxfordshire which are doing amazing work they're saying net zero is only enough never mind good enough mm. and that's important because we're just allowing this trend to be set again of yeah yeah we'll talk about it we'll hype about it we'll cop about it but actually us and samsung are getting together delivering it at pace seeing other companies try no one's really setting the standard is all we're doing we're setting benchmarks when really we should be the standard
0: yeah and and i think in terms of i mean the other big things you think about that the housing market in england at the minute is all of this big well the, the the massive debate around building safety and how we retrospectively pay for all of these mistakes I'm interested by both of your views and where technology could maybe help in the future. Obviously, there's not a huge amount you can do about buildings that have been constructed without the relevant safety features, but clearly, technology, as it becomes more affordable, more scalable, will be able to detect faults and enable hmm. enable business managers, building managers, to have a better overview of you know of their of their properties as you know as you as a consumer electronics yeah. business would do over, over their products,
1: right? Absolutely. I think there are two stories here. There is a consumer story, which we are very familiar with. Can we give the ability to our, our consumers to take control of their appliances and products uh, by giving that connectivity at their fingertips using the smart things app? Can you switch a washing machine on and off when you are not, uh, not home? Can you preheat your oven? Can you turn your heating on and off? These are great consumer stories and, 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 and fantastic ways to enhance your life, which is great. But from a property developer's point of view, what we are more focused on uh, from the B2B side is preventative maintenance. Can a product inform the property manager before it goes wrong? Mm. When it's going to go wrong, what part is going wrong? So that's where connectivity plays a massive part, just like a car would, where it would say well, my service is due in, you know, two thousand miles or whatever. Mm. So it it allows the that when you're a landlord of a large estate, looking after five thousand apartments, the cost that you can save with preventative maintenance is pretty huge and it makes a massive difference. Mm. Well, both on the maintenance
0: and also in terms of the customer satisfaction.
1: I think of if you course. said to a, a Quintain or you
0: said to a, a Mode of Living, look, we can we can reduce your voice by 10%, that's worth a considerable amount of money to those investors. Well, let's let's
2: bring it back as well to like building regulation principle and net zero, right? The real reason the origination of the Samsung relationship was that we've been developing core technologies in the smart home space that are unique. And why are they unique? Because I've been developing them with the mindset of net zero. So you can read the volatile organic compounds. Yeah. So you don't know, but there's paint fumes in the air. The house should be able to do that. We have the technology there today to do that. But yet we're so busy filling in EPC sheets. We're so busy trying to fix faulty air conditioners. The reality is, is that the industry, which is the most valuable industry in the world, land real estate is the Mm. most bankable value in the world, doesn't even have the ability to tell me Apart from this, temp- this room is temperature X. Actually, what's going on? What pressure is it? What humidity is it? How does it work? What's the light levels? It's well, dark we'll outside. We'll phone
0: up um, after this podcast, Jay. We'll phone up the Bedford Estate, uh, and I will I will put them in touch with you, and we'll make sure we've got Samsung some <laughs> in all of the Bedford Estate buildings in Bloomsbury. Look, I mean one one thing that's on my mind uh, is again thinking about both the building safety agenda and the the climate agenda right now is this discussion over retrofitting existing buildings and and i think you know we can sit here and we can talk about modular housing and precision engineered homes that are going to have absolutely top grade ratings. But the reality is, right, that, that a quarter of England's housing stock, according to government data, is, is, is less than non-decent. It, well, it is non-decent, according to government data in the English Housing Service. So look, one, one question for both of you is, is, what degree are we going to be able to retrofit some of this existing housing stock? And, and how effective, really,
2: Is any of this technology going to be in in that challenge? The reality is, is that we currently have an existing housing stock of homes that have been audited by someone looking at them and assuming a value. So we look at Victorian houses and we say, walls are yay thick, windows are yay this, and this is what we think your heating system should be. The reality is that smart home technology, IoT, is going to be able to unlock the true data. So what we can do... So in
0: plain English, what does that mean?
2: Effectively means putting a sensor on a wall, that can then measure the house energy usage over the course of a week and tell you how leaky your bathroom is versus your hallway. And then from understanding that, then we can specify technology. Because right now what you've got is you've got a bunch of people going around throwing names like hydrogen, air source, heat pump, uh, gas boilers at things and just putting all the energy in the world into them. Why are gas effective? Because you can burn stuff really fast and heat things really quick. Why? Because everything's so leaky, but we don't know how much it's leaking. So the reality of that is, is we're going to be able to specify the technology correctly by using IoT to gather real results and not have someone with a clipboard pretend they know how your building performs more than technology does. And uh, from your perspective, Taz, what
0: what do you see as the other cost implications for consumers using some of these technologies. Because, I mean, Joe makes a good point there that consumers might be quite confused by a lot of the stuff they've seen in the press over the last six months, where they're effectively being told gas boilers are being... And yeah. you're going to have to go out and spend five, ten grand on a, on a ground source, air source heat pump. And yeah. lots of people are going to be scratching their heads thinking, oh crikey, that's a lot of money to spend but is it going to work? I don't know. Have I got ten grand? Would a rather revenue a new car? And,
1: and, yeah, and, yeah. So it's, it's quite confusing. It is, it is. And um, Samsung are making great efforts in uh, supporting this particular part of the change in regulation. And we have a business segment committed to this area, which we're working with Joe on already, which is our Samsung Climate Solutions business, and we have yeah. an air source heat pump technology business, which is perfect for uh, what the regulation now is. And Joe, in terms of
0: of the role of MMC, again, we, we've talked about this before, but it, it seems that the government's starting to get it. Homes England, you've you've recently completed a, a big deal with homes england they've been you know strong backers of this space pretty pretty pioneering you would say in, in this era over the last few years so there's the penny's clearly starting to drop that if you build houses in fields they're going to be pretty leaky and pretty poorly performing what do you see as being the, the future here for for precision engineered housing
2: the future has to be one of stability and one of acceptance from a wider landscape and industry. Ironically. We're seeing traction in the Middle East that's probably 50-fold in the UK, even though I've been here four years and built schools and houses. And the reality of that is is that the archaic processes that we have in place take changing. You know, you've got grandfather rights on bricks and concrete. People understand and have gone to universities and colleges to understand bricks and concrete. Um, When you tell them a sensor and a new form of technology whether that be aerogel or whether that be uh, specialist injection foam moldings from plastics and etc cetera, etc cetera, this incredibly unique or even mycelium uh, which is like a mushroom-based product when you tell them these products are going to be infinitely better they don't understand them so i think that the future of this space needs to be mmc as a standard needs to be modern needs to be a, a method um and why do you think
0: well, i mean why I mean, i'm interested in both of your views because you've both got experience there but why do you think geographies like the Middle East are a little bit more open to this.
2: New new wave, you know, it's a new frontier. If you think about the laws that have been in place pre-technology. We as Britain live in a pre-technological society where our frameworks, our infrastructure is all determined and built pre-technology. That means all your roads, all your houses, all your planning, everything that you use was before you could even send an SMS. Today, these new cities, these new emerging cities can be built with new infrastructure. That means that they're not laying copper cable to then replace it with broadband cable. It's 5G. It's ready for 6G. They're installing IoT as the base point. And it just means that their systems are more modern, and they can explore more modern options without the rigmarole of bias and existing process, and also people's lack of knowledge. Yeah, I think
1: from a UK perspective, seventy-five percent of UK consumers think smart tech is the future of property development. So uh, we've got to we've got to really pay attention to that part. And I think to to answer the question you asked earlier, future proofing really it just actually means anticipating the consumer requirements and needs and problems before they arise, right? And in an ideal world, consumers can create an ecosystem within their homes which is easy for them to plug and play, in new devices, with say minimal effort. That's really sort of the utopia of where we want to go. But ultimately a future proof home really means saving consumers money, time and any kind of hassle, it needs to provide something positive at the end of it. Now, we do see that IoT, connected living, smart living, is becoming more and more of a focus, both for property developers and mm. consumers. Yeah. And we feel that this particular infrastructure, this ecosystem, when placed within the property development arena can help buildings perform better they can create an environment that allows the residents to have lesser bills yeah and that that this this
0: quest for better joe is essentially what sits at the heart what you're looking to offer when in some of the partnerships that you're creating with large developers and, and listed house builders your ambition is that actually we can do this a lot better if we use technology.
2: Yeah, and, and also it's a, a global factor. You know, we we, cur- we currently do things for our localized environment without having options. You know, where we're learning from technology and resourcing and, and methodologies across Middle East, Africa, Americas, Asia, we're bringing a unified mindset but also giving versatility and it can work anywhere. And without technology, where are we going to be? Realistically, you know, every single thing we depend on is technologically focused. It's the way we're able to get the data on our phones. And obstructing the future development and betterment of our buildings is only for political and personal gain. Mm. Um, And I'm not interested in political or personal gain. Where was the politicians when I was homeless? I tell you, I'm building buildings for people's futures. And I'm here to push change because the system has sat on change for so long and that's why Samsung are entering the residential single family unit market with us because we are driving change we understand innovation and technology we are a part of the change and you know it's good and I'm thankful that such a large player can can see the differences that we're trying to make on the ground to people most importantly
0: well, fantastic. Well, look, thank you very much to Joe Daniels and to Taz Bukhari uh, from Samsung, our first podcast of the year. Great to have you both on. Some fascinating chat about consumers, technology, and very much looking forward to, to having you guys back. Let's do come back later and tell us about how some of these projects are developing and, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it would be interesting to see as well the degree to which people catch up and the degree to which UK and and other governments actually decide to pull their finger a little bit in, in, as you say, Joe, tightening some of the rules. But thank you very much for listening. Do subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Please do keep propertyweek.com bookmarked in your news for the latest updates and analysis. I've been Andrew Teacher from BlackSort Consulting. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.